0: Welcome! you found the Out of the Ordinary Podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of my favorite ordinary fall things
1: are snuggly sweaters, crisp, cool evenings,
0: and digging all my boots back out of the closet again. And a few of mine are apples from the local orchard, the cashmere sweater I found at a thrift store, and the first fire in our wood stove. We hope these
1: conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your
0: ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. You know I love traditions, Lisa Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Here's the thing about traditions you only have to do it twice. So, I think today we inaugurate a new tradition for the Out of the Ordinary podcast and do something twice. So, (laughs) some of our listeners might remember um, earlier in the summer when we switched from a spring introduction to a summer introduction, which we love to do um, each season and come up with new favorite ordinary things for that season. Well, last time when we switched to summer, we did a whole podcast around that and told some stories rooted in those favorite ordinary summer things. So today you and I sat down to record this podcast, and um, not only is the official start of a new season, autumn here in the Northern Hemisphere about to begin, but here at Maplehurst, it really feels like fall. I'm grateful it
1: feels that way here, too, because those of you who sent me incredibly kind messages after last week's episode about how the mouse fried our entire AC, I'm so grateful that it's chilly now in the evenings, Christy. I cannot (laughs) possibly express to you my gratitude for the change in weather.
0: (laughs) Oh, Lisa Jo, I thought of you so many times this week, whenever the cool... Breeze blew. And I know you're not that far away, but still the weather can be really different down there in swampy DC land. And so I was hoping, I was hoping that it felt better for you too. I'm so glad to hear it did. So it feels like fall and it's about to be fall. And you reminded me after, not before, this is the key thing here, after we recorded the new intro that our listeners just heard with our favorite fall ordinary things, you reminded me what we had done last summer in making a whole conversation, a whole storytelling conversation out of that. And of course, as soon as you reminded me, I knew we must do it again. (laughs) You are my tradition mentor slash (laughs) dictator. (laughs) Oh, I am. I am the tradition dictator. (gasps) I really am. Not only with my friends, but definitely with my family. So we have to do it again. But here's what's so funny about that, Lisa Joe. If I had planned ahead, if we had planned ahead and remembered that this might be the start of something new, I would have, I don't know, maybe I would have chosen different things, or I certainly would have sat for a while puzzling over them, wondering do I have stories connected with these things? And I'm sure the whole exercise would have taken so much longer. But as it was, I just quickly thought and jotted down, hey, here's some of my favorite things about the season. Um, So when you reminded me and I realized, okay, we need to tell some stories. At first I was nervous, but then I realized, I think when we're talking about our favorite aspects of ordinary life, it might feel shallow. It might feel random, But I bet it never is, because as soon as I started to think, as soon as we started to dig a little deeper, and now that we're launching into this conversation, I'm realizing how completely not random my favorite autumn things are, that they are rooted in this rich storytelling soil of ordinary life. So here we go. I think it's good. I think it's I know. Be good. I think
1: each one of them is sort of a little treasure map itself because ah. there's a reason your subconscious floats certain things to the surface when you're putting your hand in and you're digging around trying to think. Oh, what are my my favorite? Fall, fall things and you come up with boots or sweaters or crisp, cool evenings, something is happening in your subconscious and it's floating those things to the surface. But when you grab onto it, you realize, oh, you, you're not taking something out. It's pulling you in and under into a memory, you know? Right. So here we are like stepping through into where these tiny little clues are taking us. And when I started to think about boots... I really did have sort of a once upon a time moment in my head because I realize that every fall when I dig into the back of my closet, and let's be really honest here in the spirit of continuing to lower our standards, like my closet is a sad place now where things (laughs) go to die because (laughs) I cannot keep up with it on top of everything else. So I there's always a moment of nervousness when I want to find my boots because I'm worried I won't be able to find them. Like I'm worried that they got misplaced or buried under an avalanche of other shoes. Or did I, in a fit of peak in the mid nineties, like purge them, which I've right. been known to do. Like I have done that. Like one year in July, I purged like all these pair of boots and I was like, I'm never going to wear these. They don't even fit me. They're super uncomfortable, They're too tight and hot. And then like in November, I hated my July self so much <laughs> for donating those boots. One of the pairs of which I actually gave to, a very close friend who shall remain nameless and anytime I see her wearing them now I'm like should not have given her those boots should have <laughs> kept them for myself <laughs> and, and so I I dive deep into the water and I hold onto to a heel of a pair of boots and it takes me back across time because I remember growing up in South Africa Fall is not a season there, okay? It's more like a change in fashion is how I would describe it. People go from wearing shorts to now wearing, they're like, ooh, I got to get a coat. You know, I need high boots. But all of those things would not keep you warm in America in a winter. They are designed (laughs) to look cute, okay? And you can only stand to wear them if you're in an office that has maybe air conditioning because nobody, nobody in their right mind wants to be wearing those outdoors, on an African (laughs) afternoon, okay? You don't want to be caught doing that. But I do remember when I was growing up in South Africa, what was very trendy... Were these like high boots, you know, Zoe, actually, I feel like I'm reliving my childhood, brought me a picture from Pinterest and informed me she wants these knee high boots. And I looked at her and I laughed. And I said, I remember telling my father the exact same thing. Aww. I really want these knee high boots. They are not at all to do with winter. They're to do with looking very, very cute. And I remember him saying yes, and us getting those boots. And this funniest thing is I remember <laughs> very strange transition here. Bear with me. On the day of my mother's funeral, when it was scary to head out to that event, I wore my knee-high black suede boots because they brought me such courage. And I remember thinking that my mom would have delighted in that moment. And it that is a memory that comes to mind every time when it's boot season for me. And I think to myself, oh, I really want to wear boots. And just like my 16-year-old self, I have a version of myself in my mind that's going to wear boots. But that version and like the reality of my body at 46, <laughs> very, very different experiences. And I remember in America sort of acclimating to how boots are this thing. They're fashionable, looking at pictures and on Instagram, seeing people wear boots. And I actually remember following... A blogger I loved who kind of would recommend every Friday certain fashion favorites. And this is Melanie Shankle, if anyone's familiar with her, from the Big Mama blog. And she has this wonderful series every Friday where she recommends things. And she would always recommend boots. And I would look at all of her boots and think which ones would be great. And I remember one week, there's this pair of like suede, almost like a red, but not really red, more like a wine-colored leather boot. And I thought... Fell in love with it. I just thought I have to have these boots. Now, here's the picture. At the time, I had three children, like under the age of six, five, like little tiny babies. Okay. I was working full time. I was exhausted. I was trying to write a book on the side. There's nowhere I'm going that's where I'm wearing boots. Like, where am I getting (laughs) dressed up to wear like cute boots? I'm not. But I told Peter I had to have these boots. And I then made boot mistake number one. I ordered them online to come in the mail, so I couldn't try them on. Just assuming, like, how hard could it be to get a boot to fit you? And I'm going to tell you, it is tricky. Boots have very uh, finicky, 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 persnickety? Is that a word? Persnickety is a word, yes. And finicky is a word. Fit when it comes to the size of one's calf, for example.
0: Wait, can I just ask? Are you So, remember last week, I learned from you yes. that your son is a sneakerhead. Yes. Beginning to sound to me like you <laughs>
1: are a boot head. A, a boot head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. I feel like he's more educated than I am. But I, I'm like a boot. I don't want to say failure, but I have failed at buying the right pair of boots many times. <laughs> and so now I have more experience. There so you these go. gorgeous wine suede boots arrived in the mail and I put them on and then I tried to zip them up <laughs> to back <laughs> and the boots, Christy, like if boots could give you the side eye, that's what these boots did to me. They were like, no, sorry, we will not be fitting you. You do not Aww. have the calf of a 13-year-old girl. That's
0: so disappointing. And what was even
1: funnier is, of course, the trend is to have skinny jeans tucked into the boot, okay? So when (laughs) I tried to, like, zip it over not just my calf, but my calf in skinny jeans... Oh, that poor boot. It just ex- exhaled and told me that miracles don't happen as often as we think they do in the fashion <laughs> industry. So I returned those boots. It was very sad for me. And year after year, I go through this experience of trying to find the right boot that will like fit my calf perfectly and then be comfortable on my foot. And I want to be able to wear it every single day. And last year, my teenage son, the sneakerhead. I told him while we were out running errands, which number one, no teenage boy wants to ever be doing with their mother, that I was just going to quickly pop into a shoe store to get a pair of boots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Famous last word. Yeah. He gave
1: me a look of death. And he was like, are you for real right now? And I was like, yes. How many times have I walked around sneaker stores with you? You're coming with me to get these boots. (laughs) I tried on every pair of boots on the shelf, Christy. I kept trying them on. And I finally, last year, settled on a pair I really loved because they were just uh, like ankle high, but kind of a wide mouth, ankle high, dark chocolate leather. It had a big buckle on the side. It's funny how the texture of the boot and how whether it has any kind of adornments on the side, like buckles or zippers, are very attractive to me too. And I put it on. And my son, gosh, bless him. He was like, oh, I think those are the ones, mom. Those are the ones. (laughs) And of course, when we checked out, he told me, huh, interesting. You just told me yesterday you couldn't afford to buy me new sneakers, but apparently you can afford boots. And I was like, (laughs) yes, these are an essential in my lifespan every fall. (laughs) But I love them. I won't, I don't think I'll buy new ones this year because I've loved them so much. I when I put them on, there's this moment where I remember all the places I went wearing them last year. I actually was wearing them when I was at your house last December. I remember early December mm-hmm. with friends around the wood stove, wearing those boots. And when I put them in, there's something about retracing the steps that we've been really from my 16-year-old self to my 46-year-old self. When I put on a pair of boots, all of those memories somehow are wearing them with me. And it takes me all the way back again. And I think that's why when I reach to my hand into the deep well of you know memory and creativity, boots is what came to the surface mm. when I think about fall.
0: And I guess I hope this question doesn't make you sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I have to ask it. I mean, I know I'm not wearing shoes very often these yes, days true. because I'm not going anywhere. True. So I'm wearing. I wear slippers around the house because <laughs> we live in this old house with old wooden floors, and this is so terrible. But our floors um, will give you splinters because they. Desperately need to be sanded and refinished, but you know, add that to the list. So you can't wear socks because socks snag on the floors and will embed major splinters into your feet. So I wear slippers, but are you, have you? You found your boots in the closet. Are you going to I know where going you're going, going with them? this. Yes. That is, that's harsh
1: that you just yeah. raised that I know, point, I know. Christy. That's, I feel like that was unkind. It's very on brand for 2020 to take my meaningful story and tell me how it does not apply to this year. Fear for our friendship in this moment. You and the mouse are trying to bring me down. You will not steal my boot joy. You will not. I will I wear like-
0: them in my house. <laughs> Good. Okay. Okay. That, that is the correct answer. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ten points for you. We will wear our boots at home. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you, friend. You know, it's funny. I grew up. I grew up in the land of boots, honestly, but we too did not have fall. So I grew up in Texas where we would joke and say that fall was not a season. Oh, no. We would say... How did the... Goodness, it's been so many years. How did it go? We would say, we don't have fall. We have fell. Which means that one morning you wake up and all the post oak trees have dropped their leaves overnight and now there are piles of brown leaves on the ground. But you don't have fall. You don't have a season You're of... just like gradually fell cooling temperatures, night. right? It's over. No, <laughs> it's, like it's just... Win- <laughs> you wake up, a cold front blew through, all the leaves are on the ground. So we have fell. We would say uh, winter was on a Thursday this year. Yes. <laughs> We would say similar things. We would. We would. And so I remember the season that we call fall um, as a time of, I especially remember it. My most vivid memories, I think, are from college. Um, Walking to class in the fall, the fall semester, right? And just like sweating on those sidewalks, the sun just beating off of them and just praying for that first cold front. And again, no gradual cooling. It was just one day you're sweating and then whoosh, a storm blows through. And the next day you get to wear a sweater <laughs> and you get to wear, you know, a sweatshirt. Um, but boots in Texas were for many people, although not actually myself, a year round thing. I mean, cowboy boots are real footwear in Texas. And that is what real Texans (laughs) wear, you know, summer, winter, you know, they wear their cowboy boots and you have um, beautiful, fancy, I feel like I don't have the right language, but you know, fancy cowboy boots. So the kind of, cowboy boots that members of my family, I remember, would get married in right. um, with your Wrangler jeans and so on. So, I do come from the land of boots, but it's a different kind of <laughs> boot yes. and a different kind of relationship to the season. So, when I shared my favorite or anything is this cashmere sweater um, I found at the thrift store, I'm realizing that in that seemingly random detail is also a story of... Longing, I think, um, because when you live in Texas and there isn't um, a long period of time for for cold weather clothing, it does not make sense, or it certainly didn't make sense for me growing up to have cashmere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like an investment sweater, and right. of course, I was also a teenager, right? I mean, I left Texas when I was twenty, and so I think, you know, I, I was not. An independently wealthy teenager who could go out and buy cashmere, but it just doesn't make sense. You know, what makes sense is just have your summer wardrobe and then just layer things on top of it. Right. Um, Like a flannel shirt. You really don't even need a coat. You just need a heavy flannel shirt. That'll do the trick. (laughs) It was such a shock to me to move to Chicago in my early 20s and realize that not only did I need a real coat— but i needed a fall coat
1: right and a winter coat right. and a, spring, and a coat. spring coat
0: yes 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 i needed a, a coat i needed a coat wardrobe <laughs> but that is not that is not a thing in texas so yeah i had no experience of cashmere um, and let's be honest i still am not intimately acquainted with cashmere but i do love a good thrift store and i love a good thrift store because it is shopping that we can feel good about <laughs> because it's also recycling <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's budget friendly. And I still remember the day that I found this sweater at our local thrift store. And let me be honest here, at least Joe, it has a hole in it. It does. It's old. <laughs> it has a hole in the collar, um, but it's made of cashmere and it's so soft and it's baby blue. And it when as soon as I found it a year or two ago, it became my winter. Um, daily wardrobe and it must be from maybe what, when this would be 80s early 90s where everything we wore sort of had was so voluminous it had like bat wings yes. underneath your arms yes. you know which actually I think is I now still back like that in style. actually
1: yeah I think that's back yeah. on trend
0: yes I think my oldest my teenager all of her sweatshirts look like that but this is not this is like the original <laughs> the original bat wing <laughs> shape I'm sure it's from the 80s um, it's so voluminous. So I just wore it every day um, in the winter with its hole and everything because it's like a cozy winter uniform. So as I thought, as as the weather was just now cooling off and I'm looking ahead to this winter spent again in quarantine, you know, not really going out and about. Um, it was really comforting to remember that sweater and to know that it doesn't matter that it has a hole in it. <laughs> it's soft and cozy Um, And recycled and I am probably going to wear it every day this winter and I think it it's like wrapping up in all of the longing I had as a young person in Texas for a real fall and a real winter places where apple trees grow places where people have wood stoves in Texas. I'm sure wood stoves are a thing. (laughs) We had a fireplace in our house, but here's how we used it. My father, who loved to build fires, would um, build up a great big fire in the winter. And then he would throw open all the windows and all the doors (laughs) so that the cold outside, cool, cool, cool outside air would come in to make it cold enough in the house to warrant the great big fire. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Wow. Uh,
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I think that
1: there's something about, these memories and these seasons that maybe this is the benefit. One of the things 2020 has given us. So because Mm -hmm. we're not seeing people a lot and we're not leaving our homes a lot, we can just wear the same thing day in and day out. I don't know about everybody listening and I'd be curious if you want to tag us on Instagram Because I literally have a uniform these days. I pretty much wear three or four t-shirts and two pairs of jeans. That's it. And I know someone's out there judging me about the jeans because they're like, why are you even wearing jeans? Why aren't you wearing sweatpants? But mine are so soft and have so many holes in them. You really can't wear them in public but I love them. Like, they are feel like home to me. So I'm either wearing those or I'm wearing a pair of cut-off leggings, probably, that I have, like, no shame about.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, this is <laughs> the beauty. Joke. You
1: can just wear your sweater every day if
0: you right, want. Right. I can. And I, I just have to say, I have not worn jeans since early March. Yeah, there you go. Not once.
1: I feel like I haven't worn real ones, like ones that you could wear in public, right? So like what I'm wearing are, they're comfy, 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 that they feel like comfort to me. Like they're second only to a pair of sweatpants. Mm -hmm. So for me, I I sometimes feel like I need to put them on to help my brain feel like I'm going to do some work now, but they are not, like everything about them is comfort.
0: Hmm. I I feel like telling these stories just reminds me of well, I mean, you mentioned wearing the boots to your mother's funeral. I'm remembering years of living in places where I sweated and baked <laughs> under the sun, whether it was Texas growing up or later when we lived in Florida for a time where I felt like the the weather was my enemy, but in a way that made me profoundly unwelcome in the place where I lived. And it might sound strange, but I did feel that way even as a kid. I always had this sense of of everyone else is okay here and I'm somehow not okay. Why am I so sweaty? <laughs> um, but it was about more than just being so hot. It was the sense of like, I want to go to other places. I want to live in other climates. It, you know, it was about weather and it was about more than that. And then I felt that way again in Florida. Um, the hardest month actually for me in the years we lived in Florida was October. And that's because in my body now, after all those years of living in Chicago, I felt like it should be fall, mm. but it was still so hot and humid. Um, and I remember taking the kids who were so young then trick-or-treating in our neighborhood and wearing like a, a black sundress because I was trying oh, to wow. get into the Halloween thing, right? I'm wearing black, but it was a sundress because it was so sticky. It was so yeah. sticky out. Um, and I just remember thinking, I, I, I hate this. I can't do this. What, what am I? I had a very bad attitude um, but it's good for me to look back and remember like the that sense of displacement and that sense of longing and know that those things those hard times those hard seasons those those seasons of unmet longing now fuel my joy in September in this place where I live when the weather cools off and I know I've been my kids have been, my kids, to them, it's their native environment, right? But every day this past few weeks, I've been turning to them and saying, I'm so glad it feels like September. I'm so glad it's cooling off. Isn't it amazing? And they just look at me like, yeah, this it's September. This is what September feels <laughs> like. But every September is like a miracle to me. Yeah. I like <laughs> how these memories are in some way
1: reclaiming something that we felt yeah. we lost. Yeah. For me, the first time I wore a pair of boots at 18, probably one of the Unkindest things an adult has ever said to me. And I know you know the story it was told to me when I wore those boots for the first time when my mom was in hospital and a well meaning church lady pulled me aside and gave me a big lecture on modesty and it essentially just shamed me during what I thought was going to be sort of a semi mother daughter outing where I thought she was, you know, just coming to give me something beautiful and kind and her companionship when my mom had been in hospital for two years. But instead, she took that opportunity um, to really lecture me on my boots. And I felt like she completely missed an opportunity to, you know, reach into my heart and love me in the places that were dying and broken and sad. But instead, she focused on my boots, which is why I chose to wear them to my mother's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) And it's why when I wear boots now, there is an 18-year-old inside of me still to this day who thinks, yeah, I'm going to wear these boots and I'm going to wear them every day if I want to. There's (laughs) there's this weird part of me that feels victorious and delighted and strong and brave. When she puts boots on, it's as if wearing them allows me to retell a story with my own ending. And I think that's a lot of why you and I tell stories because the act of storytelling is an embodiment it's a it's taking control of a narrative it's saying this is how i make sense of my life mm-hmm. and so strangely enough boots allow me to do that even though i often feel like i get them wrong or i don't understand them and they're not the right fit and, <laughs> but but it's so it's that i just keep trying and i keep taking delight and i still have i own still those black knee-high boots they are in my closet i will take them Mm. out this fall and let zoe try them on for the first time i love them they tell a story about overcoming grief and shame and humiliation and when someone dies it's such an out-of-body experience that there's something about those boots that anchored me back to the earth and so every fall when i put my boots on it's a way of reclaiming a part of my story
0: It reminds me, so this week in the Blackburn Online, my friend Charity shared, um, every Friday people in the Blackburn community um, share stories, Um, we call it Friday Table, and she shared a story about uh, sorrow and joy, and she was sharing how she had this really joyful experience going on vacation, but she couldn't feel it, it was like she was numb to it, and she started to realize that she had, in some just recent really hard stuff in her life, she had been in order to cope, numbing herself to the sorrow, right? And so she realized gradually that in doing that, in order to protect herself, in numbing herself to some pain, um, she was still numb. She had just numbed herself. And, And so in this really joyful moment, she was not able to access that. And anyway, she just, Charity's a great writer and storyteller. And I was really moved by her story because I realized just how relevant that is to me right now I mean, we've been laughing a lot in recent episodes about quarantine and COVID, and I think it's so good to laugh. So laughter is such good medicine. Um, but I hope in laughing, I think I can laugh without numbing myself. But I know I've been doing that too. I've been sort of coping by just staying numb to it, numb to some of the harder aspects. But telling these stories reminds me that I don't, I don't need to do that. Or if I find myself. Doing that, I can I can pause and and retrace my steps because I think when we are present to some pain and present to some ache, let's just call it an ache, some longing, um, some sense of like you know the the pinch of the shoes that don't quite fit. When we're present to that then when the joy comes in the morning, right? You know, mm-hmm. what does scripture say? You know, weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Maybe those things are more connected than we realize. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Charity was sharing through her story. And I feel like that's what our stories are adding up to too, is that we don't, it's not one or the other. These things in our lives are woven together. Mm-hmm. And if we're present to the one, to the ache, to the longing, we'll be present to the joy. And I feel like, I, I'm grateful today. I, I feel, I'm looking at my window right now and the dogwood tree outside is already turning that deep burgundy red that that dogwoods around here turn and it makes me so happy. But why? It's because of the years of not having anything like that and of wishing for it and longing for it and all of that, that ache does add up to a really deep joy over such a simple ordinary thing right now. But would I be so present to that, to the joy of autumn, if I hadn't been present to the the longing for it and the ache for it? Probably not. Um, probably not. So I don't know. I feel like there's probably a lesson in there for our quarantine lives that I oh, I feel like okay, <laughs> maybe I'm ready to hear it, maybe not. Um, but I'll at least hold on to it. I'll hold on to it until I can think a little bit more about it.
1: I do like that about fall though. I think fall for me is the saddest season of the year, like it just there is all of that thought about dying and yeah. grief feels close to the surface during fall and um yeah. it does seem like a good time to allow yourself to think about those things, to mm-hmm. to spend some time understanding the things we love, the things we notice, the things we cherish are often hot buttons for the things that have maybe hurt us in the past. Somehow the two are connected. So if you're listening and you want to share something this week with us, a photograph, a story, what your favorite fall things are, we sure would love that. The best way to get in touch with us is always on Instagram. So you can tag me. I'm at Lisa Joe Baker. And I'm at Christy Purifoy. And we really love hearing from you. It does feel like this is a conversation. It has this felt especially so in these recent months, mm-hmm. as this has felt like real community that's continued despite the pandemic and social distancing and. So we just love hearing from you. We love that we see more and more reviews popping up as we've been saying that we like sharing them here. So to be true to our word, when you leave
0: reviews, we like to read them here because they bring us joy. They do. Here's a really good one, Lisa Jo, and I feel like it just fits with the season. So I was so excited to see it. This is from Kels Listens. She says, always warm, always rich always delightful. I'd call these chats better than a warm cookie. And I do like a warm cookie very much.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. And if a warm cookie isn't on brand for fall, I don't know what is. Right, That's phenomenal. Right. I I always love it when um, people tell us like, I just discovered you and I've caught up now. Like people will mm. literally go to the beginning and listen to All of the episodes. So this one is from a listener in Canada, and it says from Cornelson Six. She says, Hi, ladies. I started listening from the beginning to your podcast just when lockdown started in March. And tonight I am finally all caught up. Well, first of all, let's just pause there and say high five. Like, that's impressive that you listened to all of them because it's two years worth. Even though I started at the beginning, I found what you had to say back when you started to be so timely and relevant for where I was at in life. When my four boys and I had to be home all the time, my husband still worked. You, two have been the lovely voices in my earbuds for the past seven months as I tidy the kitchen at night and get ready for the next day. And it really does feel like I'm sitting in on conversations with friends. Thank you both for sharing your relatable stories and the truth nuggets that pop up in each one as well. I look forward with anticipation as new ones come out each week. Blessings, Rachel. Oh, Rachel, there's her real name, too. That makes me so happy. It's not just a username. Rachel. We're so glad you've listened from the beginning. That's awesome. So here's to warm cookies and catching up and hanging out while we all do that thing at night where we're trying to calm the chaos, to tame the crazy before the next day starts. If only we could do it in person over cookies, wearing cozy sweaters and our favorite (laughs) boots.
0: (laughs) You can wear boots. I'll stick with my slippers. (laughs)